Welcome back to CFO Weekly, where we're talking with financial leaders about how to build efficiency in their teams, create time for strategy, and ultimately get results with your host, Megan Weiss. Let's jump right in. Today, my guest is Kathy Spatina. Business owners often struggle to understand their finances, but what if they could have someone that helps them understand not only what they mean, but also how to actually use them and give advice tailored specifically to them? Kathy knows the importance of financial information and has seen firsthand how it can make or break a company. She is the founder of Newcastle Finance, a company offering fractional CFO services to women-owned businesses. For nearly 14 years, she did senior-level financial planning and analysis for Fortune 500 companies. She saw firsthand how big companies use financial information to drive those companies forward. She started Newcastle Finance because she wanted to offer those same powerful financial insights to small businesses. She helps women business owners make great financial decisions that result in a healthy, sustainable, and thriving business. Kathy, thank you very much for joining me on today's show. Thanks so much for having me on, Megan. Appreciate it. Yeah, today we'll be learning about you and delving into the benefits of a fractional CFO. I'm really looking forward to learning more about this important role, as well as how your previous work and passions have combined to shape this chapter of your career. So as always, let's start with you and your background and how it is that you got to where you are today. Yeah, it's been a it's been a long and winding road. Uh, <laughs> I started my career in accounting and because originally I wanted to be an accountant. I did that for two years, realized this is absolutely not what I wanted to be doing. Went into corporate finance, specifically FPNA, and I worked for a couple of different businesses. So I have a, most of my um, corporate experience comes from professional services uh, businesses. So I was in um, insurance and the HR outsourcing. And then I went into a company, worked for a company in Netherlands called Walter's Plural. I was there for about six years. I was in the global shared services department and I really, really enjoyed working for them. And then I decided, you know, I, I always wanted to be in banking. So I went to work for a bank, realized I do not like that. Um, and that's how I ended up opening Newcastle Finance, because after that, I, I was questioning, you know, what do I really want to be doing? And I come from a background of entrepreneurs in my family. And I really like that freedom and the lifestyle that it allows so I said, you know, it's uh, better now or never. And uh, I started my own company, Newcastle Finance. And you did that in 2019. Um, so yes. can you tell us a little bit about it and, and what is the mission? So I work with women-owned businesses. And the reason for that is, and this is why there's Newcastle exists and the entire mission of it is because I'm very passionate about women and minorities having that representation and wealth and in being in the C-suites. And, you know, owning your own business is one way of getting there, but you also need to do finances really well because we all know finances can be complex. Um, so I wanted to offer that to women-owned businesses. Plus, there's the other side of it as well is um, being a fractional CFO can be very personal. So a lot of women are more comfortable with having another woman in the business advising them the finances than than you know a man would. So that's the reason why I wanted to start Newcastle Finance to offer that type of uh, service to women-owned businesses. 
And since starting up this this business, what have been your proudest achievements? You know, that's a great question. I think there's two. One is seeing the results of my clients and the healthy growth that they've been able to achieve with working with me. Like, for example, one of the clients' sales, profits, and cash, they, they literally doubled in two years since we started working together. Another one grew significantly and in a healthy way in less than a year. But I think the other part of that too is personally that I have grown significantly as a finance professional. It, it almost like I, I like to uh, equate this to my world went from being black and white to now completely in technicolors. You know, sales right now to me, it's not just a number in a spreadsheet or marketing. It's just not another expense. I actually know and have direct experience how to influence that number. So that really makes me such better finance professional than it would ever would be if I just stayed in the corporate world. And you started this up in 2019. Um, was it early 2019 or late 2019? Either way, talk to me about um, like having started up your own business and then going through the last two and a half or three years. Yeah. So I started this at the beginning of 2019. I believe it was about a March. And, you know, I, I'm really good with finances, uh, but owning a business, there's a lot of other things that you also have to be good at. So you have to be good at sales. You have to be good at marketing. You have to figure out how your operations are going to look like. And, you know, it's been three years, more, almost three and a half, four years that I've been doing this. And it's just, it's been such a significant growth. Um, originally, I started working with very, very small businesses, like under a million. And then I realized that's not really where I want to be spending my time in. That's not really where my expertise in. I want to be working with businesses that are really on the high end of growth. And they're between a million and 10 obviously women-owned businesses, because that's when they really start to need that financial structure um, and they need that financial structure in place, um, which I have experience with. So it took me it took me a good, I would say, about a year and a half to realize this, to realize what are the type of clients that I really want to be working with? What are the pain points? Uh, where can I find them? You know, What type of marketing do I want to be doing? Um, how do I actually operate in the business? Because, you know, starting as a solopreneur, I always thought, well, I'm going to be doing everything. But even though it's me doing the client work, I have a lot of people in the background that are able to help me. I have, you know, I have a assistant, I have a content writer, I have a, I have a marketer, I have all of these people that are able to help me. So realizing that and going through that transition period was originally, you know, very, very painful. But um, as the business grew, I, I was able to mature more as a, you know, uh, provider as well. So it's, it's, been, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah, I'm sure being an entrepreneur yourself gives you a real appreciation for what it is your clients are trying to do. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. So talk to us about the benefits of a fractional CFO. So it really depends on what the business is trying to achieve. So um, some of the businesses, you know, if they're in the startup phase, if they want to get funding, it's important that they do have someone that helps them with the financial models, with the advice, how to get the investors. So that's one side of it. Um, I don't deal with the startups because it's just not, I, just not something that I enjoy. I deal with the businesses that are they're already more mature in on the revenue side that need to have 
there, I call them these post, um, post revenue uh, businesses. So a lot of these are very focused on compliance and taxes. And, you know, we, we all know taxes, obviously, you know, are part of life or part of business, but that's not the reason why we do finances. And, um, having a fractional CFO is very beneficial to a business that is growing because now you have someone to help you navigate a lot of business decisions. Um, how are we going to grow, obviously, in a healthy way? Do we need to hire more people? When do we hire these people? How are we going to pay them? What do we need to invest the money in? The businesses that I've worked with, for example, they have a lot of cash in the bank. And you would think that's not a problem, but it becomes a source of anxiety is because now you have this cash in the bank. What are you going to do with it? How are you going to use the resources that you have? Not just the cash resources, but also the human resources. You might have a lot of people in the business. Like, how are we going to use that? So, um, and the other piece is that, you know, running a business can be a very lonely place. And if you have a CFO, you have someone to talk to. It's a safe place to you, for you to talk about, you know, business issues that you have, and they become a great co-pilot for the business. Yeah, it's hard for me to imagine a business functioning without a CFO at any level. Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's very hard. So, at what point would you recommend switching from a fractional CFO to a full-time CFO for like a, a growing business? You know, that's a, that's a very hard question. Um, I would say when it makes financial sense, because a full-time CFO can be a burden for a small business. You know, you're going to be paying them 300, 500,000 a year, making sure that you can actually afford that expense and that it's going to give you that benefit. It is an investment to have someone like that in the business, but until you're there that you you really do have that need to have someone full-time in the business that you're able to afford them. A fractional CFO is a great way to get that expertise for a fraction of the time, a fraction of the cost. Yes, it is true. They're not going to be 100% dedicated to your business, but there's also a benefit there too is because they're working with other businesses, other industries, and they're able to, I I call this cross-pollinate ideas and um, financial models or whatever it might be and bring those best practices to business. So there's definitely a benefit to have a fractional CFO versus a full-time CFO, not just on the price level, but also in um, you know how you're working with them. And for small business owners out there listening, if, uh, if, if they're looking to find a fractional CFO, what advice would you give them for finding someone that's a good fit? That's a really great question. And I get asked this a lot, believe it or not, a lot. Um, one of the things that I always say, when you are talking to fractional CFOs, go talk to a couple of them. Ask lots of questions about the experience. Do they truly have the business acumen and strategic thinking that you need? Because a fractional CFO is very different from an accountant and a bookkeeper. They need to be very high level, but also in, if you're in a small business space, they need to be able to roll up their sleeve and get out in the mud with you. So that's one. The other one is also how are they going to work with you? If um, there's fractional CFO services out there that they're just going to meet with an owner once a month, go through the numbers, give them some advice, uh, say, well, you need to be working on this. How are you going to be working on this? Now figure it out on your own. That's not really probably a fractional CFO that you want in your business. 
fractional CFO that's in your business, that understands you, understands your business, understands your business model, is able to give you suggestions, um, also introduce you to people that you need in the business. Like, for example, when I go into the business, I also look at, do we need to hire someone for sales? Do we need to hire someone for marketing, for operations, or whatever it is? So I need to be able to see what is happening in the business. And just having a meeting once a month, that's just not enough. And the, and the third point that, that I like to make too is personality is important as well. Do you jive with that person? Because you're going to be spending probably a lot of time with them. And they're going to be uh, with you. They're going to have a lot of the you know, information about your finances, probably about your personal finances as well, especially in the small business space, because those two are very relate to each other. So have someone that is that you are comfortable with working and being open with. And I'm just curious, um, if some if there was a client out there that wanted to pay you just for eight hours a week or a month, would would you take that client on or no? So I I my fractional CFO service, I'm I'm a boutique um service. I do not work on just hourly basis. I really, I am in the business. And yeah. for me to be able to really understand the client, help them, I have to be able to work with them all around on a monthly basis. So that's the reason why I don't do hourly type of uh, engagements. I do monthly engagements. So you can think of it as a retainer, but really they're the monthly support. That's how I call them. Yeah. Is because... It might be that I need to jump on a call with their salesperson. I need to jump on a call with their operational person. Uh, or we need to have a meeting with an accountant. And I don't ever want to be in a position when a client is thinking about, oh, I got to call Kathy. How much is that going to cost me? Um, and that's just not a good place to be for the client or for myself. Yeah, I, I completely understand. So as you look at your clients, what are some of the biggest challenges that they're facing in general, and two, they're facing as women-to-own businesses. You know, I, I like to equate this, that they are growing, and it feels like they're driving 100 miles an hour down an unpaved road. They're essentially doing off-roading, and it scares them. And the reason for that is because right now, where they are before we start working is they do not have financial structure in place and there is zero planning. Usually by the time I come in, there's zero planning. They've never had a budget. They've never had a forecast. Um, they do have accounting and bookkeeping done. I, I will not work with a client that does not have accounting or bookkeeping. That's, uh, that, that's definitely a prerequisite before we start working together. But they know that they need to start planning and they understand the value of it, but they have no idea where to start. And this uncertainty is making them very, very nervous. It also becomes a blocker because, you know, it's really hard to drive the business when you have no idea where you're going to be three months from now, six months from now, a year from now. You kind of have the gist of it, but it's, it's, it's very, you, you just don't have the concrete numbers that you can kind of anchor to. So that's the thing that I really help them with. First, putting up, you know, making sure, obviously make sure that the data is there and that it's relevant and the accounting is clean and everything of that, but that the budgeting, forecasting and planning is in place. That is the number one thing. Yeah. It's got to be exciting to be working for those high growth businesses, but I'm sure you're right. It brings on a lot of anxiety. Yep. Yeah, exactly. And 
Now you've worked in finance leadership in global corporations and for early stage high growth companies. So talk to us about um, the different skills and energies that you need to bring to these different stage companies as a finance leader. That's a good question. It's, you know, working with these type of businesses is very different from a corporate environment. There's a lot of ambiguity and generally there's zero to very little structure. So you need to be ready to get your hands dirty and do a lot of that initial work because before you're able to, you know, hand it over to someone else and hire that, you know, finance manager or whatever they're going to have in the business. So you kind of need to be in that mental space of being a builder versus a maintainer. I see the corporate environment more as a maintainer type of um, energy, but in smaller businesses and startups, you really need to be that builder. So you have to be able to get your hands dirty. Um, you also have to have a very like broader vision and more of a holistic approach. Like I said, to be able to do finance well, for me, like I need to know about the sales, the operation, the marketing, the, all of these other pieces, which in the corporate environment, you really don't need to have that type of expertise is because you have people already in the business that you can call and you know get help with. Here, you have to be more attuned to what's happening in the business because if you're not able to spot it, it's really maybe the owner's not able to spot it. So how are you going to be able to see those potential issues down the road? I, I like that analogy of a builder versus a maintainer. I mean, you're right. As in, in a mature company, you're stepping into a role that's very well-defined and someone's probably done it in the past. Whereas you know these early stage high growth companies, everything's being defined on a daily basis. Yeah, I mean, you have a blueprint already. Uh, you have, you know, operating procedures, SOPs, whatever you have there already, even in finance department. In in smaller businesses, you don't have that. You have to start and doing it. If you don't do it, no one else will. And you said that alongside your business that you love Audible and podcasts, puzzles and cats. So I'm <laughs> also a fan of lifelong learning. Talk to us about the importance of being curious in other areas and how that aids your work. Yeah. I, you know, I always say that everything we do in business ends up in your numbers. So I think it's important that as a practitioner, you are curious. So I do a lot of reading and I do attend a lot of under in other industry events, like events on sales, events on marketing and sales of operations because I'm always looking in the back of my mind, what can I learn so that when I see issues that are happening, um, how can I go and first of all, have that network of people that I, that I can have come in into the business and fix the issues that we have, because I certainly can fix them. I, I'm in finance, I'm not in marketing. Um, but also, it's just um, it just becomes the finance becomes more interesting. It becomes more colorful. Like I said before, it's not just a number on the spreadsheet. It has a meaning. Like we can, there are deeper discussions that you can have with these people in the in, in other industries is because you have, as I would like to say, just enough knowledge to be dangerous. <laughs> and that's always my goal. I want to have just enough knowledge to be dangerous, but that's it. That, that more. Yeah, your answer reminds me of the fact that a lot of times these days when talking to CFOs, I hear the role of a CFO described as a storyteller. Yep. 
Whereas, yeah, in the past, it was just recording financial history. Now it's really about being able to tell the business's story. Yeah. And also drive that story forward. And if you see the issues with it, how are we going to fix that? It's not just, oh, we're going to throw it to the other departments, but being able to be that liaison between other departments, finance and the owners to figure out what is the best approach. And I think, you know, coming from the FP&A environment, I think that is really how I see FP&A evolving in the corporate world now, too is to be that almost like an internal consultant. And I and I see myself in, in my business, even though I'm a fractional CFO, I also see myself as an internal consultant to the businesses. How do we fix the problems? Like I said, I might not be able to fix it because I don't have that knowledge, but I can figure out who do we need to bring in, what type of conversations we have to have is because I am much more aware of, okay, if I'm seeing this happening, that's probably a beginning of a yellow flag we want to fix it before it becomes a red flags and definitely before it becomes a huge problem. And you're also the host of a business podcast yourself. So can you tell us a bit more about this podcast and why you decided to start it? So yeah, um, this is a great segment into why I started this podcast is because the help, the name of the business, it's helped my businesses growing. And that's exactly the reason why I started this podcast is because when I'm talking with the clients, they tell me, oh, I have, you know, there's there's issues that I have in my business, or I see that they have issues. And um, obviously, I cannot fix sales, marketing, operations, but I can invite people that can talk about those specific problems, those specific questions that the clients ask me, and we can, um, we can help them this way. So for example, I've had a couple of episodes on, you know, um, how to structure a commission plan, because that was very relevant for the client that I was working at that point. And we were really looking at how do we make, make, make sense, not just in terms of the financial aspect, but the behavioral aspect of the salespeople as well. And in need of the expertise of a salesperson. The other um, topic, for example, is how do you build an HR structure if you don't have one? And there could be also topics like, you know, just simple things. Um, how do you have one-on-one meetings? We have a 40-minute episode on just how do you run a one-on-one meeting or how do you have team meetings, effective team meetings? So these are all specific questions that I'm hearing for clients. And that's why I said, if my clients are having these type of questions, the chances are that probably other businesses are having these type of questions. Why wouldn't we just create a platform when more than just one person can benefit? So that's how this podcast was started. Yeah, that was a great idea. So as you look back on all your guests, what's the one piece of advice or insight that that you've learned um, that you would consider to have been the best? Oh, God, there's there's so much. I mean, I I've had such great guests on this podcast, and every how long have you been doing it? I'm just curious. Um, I started it in August of 2021. So it's, it's almost a year and a half at this point. And it's, it's been a, it's been a very rewarding journey. I love doing it. I absolutely love doing it. Um, I think one of the best episodes would probably be about how being busy can be a really bad place to be. And I've, I've seen that in my own practice that for my work to be at most quality and the best work that I do is when I have that peace and quiet and when things are intentional, because that's where I'm able to focus on doing the high value work, not just doing the busy work. Um, so, so that episode is all about how do you actually do that and what does that mean? And I've, 
ever since I recorded that episode, I've been intentionally structuring my business and my time around it to eliminate this busyness as much as possible and to really be intentional in what I do and how I plan my, my work and how I plan my time. It's, it's a great episode. I highly recommend it if you, if you have a chance to listen to it. And what advice do you have for other CFOs or maybe aspiring CFOs out there? How, how do you get to this level? You know, there's so many ways to do that. Um, it really depends on what type of CFO do you want to be. Do you want to be in the corporate, wor- corporate world CFO? Because that I probably don't have much advice to give to you <laughs> since I was not a corporate CFO. But if you are planning to go down the route that I am, being a fractional CFO, working with the smaller businesses, um, again, there's many ways to do this. And it's really operating with the way how you want to lead your life. And that's how I start. Um, you know, How does the business structure going to support that? What are your goals? For example, for me, it was I like the freedom. I like to pick my own clients. I like to pick the problems that, that I want to work with with. I don't need a lot of clients. It's a very boutique, high touch. And I value that. My clients value that. But that is the path that I chose. So, or you can be in a high growth company when you can be, you know, multiple seven, eight figures, fractional CFO company, have a lot of people working under you. If you want to do that, that's great. It's just picking up what do you really want to do, but understand that once you start building your own business, especially if you're going from corporate to a fractional CFO world, it's not just understanding finances. You're also going to have to be understand how to actually run a business. So, you know, sales, marketing, operations, hiring people, firing people, um, all, all that other stuff. So it's not just being good at what you do, but also running a business. Um, and, you know, I, I have calls with a lot of people who are aspiring to be fractional CFOs. And they're very surprised when I, when I ask me, how much time do you actually spend on business development and client work? And I tell them, most of my time is really spent on business development because you don't ever want to be caught in a position when you're in a feast or famine. So you might have a lot of work right now, but you have to be investing your time into business development so that you have work in the future. Uh, Last question. Um, How did you work up the courage to leave the corporate world and, and venture out on your own? You know, that's a great question. It's like a scary thing to have done. (laughs) It it was. I I will not lie. It definitely was. It was was very, very scary. But I think I've always had this um, drive to do things my way. And I I love building things. You know, if you ever see any of the... I absolutely love Legos. I build that a lot. Um, And I like puzzles. I like to solve problems. So even though it's scary... It also a platform for growth, and I've always liked growth. So I always think of it in, in the other, in the opposite. Yes, things can go horribly wrong, but things can also go really, really right. And having that freedom was definitely more of a benefit than just avoiding the pain of you know being in the corporate world and just treading on as I was. Yeah, well, it definitely seems like you found your calling. So congratulations on all your successes to date. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you so much for being my guest today. Thanks so much, Megan. It was uh, definitely a pleasure. And thanks again for having me. Yeah, I really enjoyed speaking with you and hearing about your experiences and all of the resulting insights. And I wish you and Newcastle Finance all the best. And to all of our listeners, please tune in next week. And until then, take care. 
If you're ready to boost efficiency and streamline your accounting processes at significant cost savings, it's time to talk with Personif. Their people-powered solutions have transformed the delivery of back office tasks and general accounting functions for decades, partnering with clients to provide everything from accounts payable to payroll services. See what Personif can do for you by visiting personif.com. You've been listening to CFO Weekly presented by Personif. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to hear all of our episodes. Want to learn more? Check out personif.com. Thanks for listening.